0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of material properties from the basic science section on orthobullets.com. And just an FYI, this is the third most tested topic from the basic science category. Biomaterials encompasses all synthetic and natural materials used during orthopedic procedures. Let's start this review of material properties by going over some basic definitions. Load is a force that acts on a body. Stress is defined as intensity of an internal force and it is calculated by force over area. The units are pascals or newtons per meter squared. Strain is defined as the relative measure of the deformation of an object and strain is calculated as a change in length over the original length and strain actually has no units. Now let's move on to some mechanical property definitions. Elastic deformation is defined as reversible changes in shape to a material due to a load. So basically the material returns to its original shape when the load is removed. Plastic deformation is defined as irreversible changes in shape to a material due to a load and keep in mind unlike in elastic deformation, in plastic deformation a material does not return to its original shape when the load is removed. Toughness is defined as the amount of energy per volume a material can absorb before failure or fracture. The calculation for toughness is area under the stress strain curve, and the units are usually joules per meter cubed. Creep is defined as an increased load deformation with time under constant load. Load relaxation is defined as a decrease in applied stress under conditions of constant strain. Hysteresis, or energy dissipation, is characteristic of visoelastic materials where the loading curve does not follow the unloading curve, and the difference between the two curves is the energy that is dissipated. Finite element analysis is breaking up a complex shape into triangular or quadrilateral forms and balancing the forces and moments of each form to match it with its neighbor. Now let's talk material strength, specifically the stress versus strain curve. This curve is derived from axially loading an object and plotting the stress versus the strain on the curve. So this curve has a bunch of different zones and characteristics that we'll go over now. We'll start with the elastic zone, which is the zone where a material will return to its original shape for a given amount of stress. And within the elastic zone, there is a region known as the toe region, which applies to a ligament's stress strain curve, and this represents the straightening of the crimped ligament fibrils. The yield point is the transition between elastic and plastic deformation. The yield strength is the amount of stress necessary to produce a specific amount of permanent deformation. The plastic zone is the zone where a material will not return to its original shape for a given amount of stress. The breaking point is the area where an object fails and breaks. The ultimate tensile strength is defined as the load to failure. Hooke's law is when a material is loaded in the elastic zone and the stress is proportional to the strain. Young's modulus of elasticity is the measure of the stiffness or the ability to resist deformation of a material in the elastic zone. This is calculated by measuring the slope of the stress-strain curve in the elastic zone. Remember that a higher modulus of elasticity indicates a stiffer material. So speaking of a Young's modulus of elasticity, let's go over Young's modulus of metals and biologics. So in order of most stiff to least stiff, the relative values of Young's modulus of elasticity include number one, ceramic, two, alloy, three, stainless steel, four, titanium, five, cortical bone, six, matrix polymers, seven, PMMA, eight, polyethylene, nine, cancellous bone, ten, tendon slash ligament, and 11, cartilage. So again, Young's modulus of elasticity is the ratio of stress to strain and represents the stiffness of a material and its ability to resist deformation when placed under tension. The important things to remember from this list that we just mentioned is that titanium has the stiffness closest to cortical bone, Ceramic has the highest modulus of elasticity, making it the most stiff of the materials listed, and cartilage has the lowest modulus of elasticity, making it the least stiff of the materials listed. Now, let's move on to some material descriptions. A brittle material is a material that exhibits a linear stress-strain relationship up until the point of failure. Brittle materials undergo elastic deformation only and little to no plastic deformation. Examples include PMMA and ceramics. Ductile materials undergo large amounts of plastic deformation before failure. Examples include metal. Viscoelastic materials are materials that exhibit a stress-strain relationship that is dependent on the duration of applied load and the rate by which the load is applied, otherwise known as a strain rate, which is a function of the internal friction of a material. Examples include ligaments and bone. Isotropic materials possess the same mechanical properties in all directions. An example is a golf ball. Anisotropic materials possess different mechanical properties depending on the direction of the applied load. Examples include ligaments and bone. Now let's move on to some metal characteristics. Fatigue failure is failure at a point below the ultimate tensile strength secondary to repetitive loading. This depends on the magnitude of stress and the number of cycles. Endurance limit is defined as the maximal stress under which an object is immune to fatigue failure regardless of the number of cycles. Creep, as we previously mentioned, is a phenomenon of progressive deformation of metal in response to a constant force over an extended period of time. Corrosion refers to the chemical dissolving of metal. Types include galvanic corrosion in which contact of dissimilar metals leads to electrochemical destruction. Mixing metals like 316L stainless steel and cobalt chromium has the highest risk of galvanic corrosion, and keep in mind that the risk of galvanic corrosion can be reduced by using similar metals. Crevice corrosion occurs in fatigue cracks due to differences in oxygen tension. 316L stainless steel is the most prone to crevice corrosion. Fretting corrosion is described as a mode of destruction at the contact site from the relative micromotion of two materials or two components. This is seen fairly commonly at the head-neck junction in hip arthroplasty, where fretting corrosion can be common. In fact, it is the most common cause of mid-stem failure in modular revision-type stems. Arthroplasty involving modular implants are at risk for fretting corrosion and failure between the components of the final implant. There is also increased risk with the increased number of interfaces between the various components. Now let's go over some specific metals. Titanium is used in fracture plates, screws, intramedullary nails, and some femoral stems. The advantages of titanium is that it's very biocompatible, it's corrosion-resistant, and forms an adherent oxide coating through self-passivation. It also has a low modulus of elasticity, making it more similar to biologic materials such as cortical bone. Disadvantages of titanium include its poor resistance to wear, and so make sure you do not use titanium as a femoral head prosthesis. Another disadvantage of titanium is that it generates more metal debris than cobalt chrome. Moving on to stainless steel, the components of stainless steel is primarily an iron carbon alloy with lesser elements of chromium, molybdenum, manganese, and nickel. Advantages of stainless steel is that it's very stiff and fracture resistant. Disadvantages include that it is susceptible to corrosion and also stress shielding of the bone due to superior stiffness. Cobalt alloy is composed of cobalt, chromium, and molybdenum. Advantages include that it is very strong and that it has better resistance to corrosion than stainless steel. Specific non-metals include ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene and the advantages of this material is that it's tough, ductile, resilient, and resistant to wear. Disadvantages include that it's susceptible to abrasion and the wear is usually caused by third body inclusions. Other disadvantages include that it's thermoplastic and subsequently may be altered by extreme temperatures and ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene is also weaker than bone in tension. Just a quick word about gamma irradiation, it increases polymer chain cross-linking, which improves wear characteristics and decreases fatigue and fracture resistance. Moving on to methacrylate, aka PMMA, or bone cement, it's used for fixation and load distribution in conjunction with orthopedic implants. It functions by interlocking with bone, and it may be used to fill tumor defects and minimize local recurrence. PMMA is a two-component material. Powder and liquid. The powder consists of polymer, benzyl peroxide, which is the initiator, barium sulfate, which is the radio and a coloring agent that is either green chlorophyll or blue cobalt. The liquid portion consists of a monomer, DMPT or NN dimethylparatolydine, which is the accelerator, and hydroquinone, which is the stabilizer. Advantages of PMMA is that it reaches ultimate strength in 24 hours. It's strongest in compression, and its Young's modulus is between cortical and cancellous bone. Disadvantages of PMMA include its poor tensile and shear strength. Insertion of PMMA can lead to a dangerous drop in blood pressure, and failure is often caused by microfracture and fragmentation. Silicones are polymers that are often used for replacement in non-weight-bearing joints. Disadvantages of silicones are poor strength and wear capability, which is responsible for frequent synovitis. Ceramics have the best wear characteristics with polyethylene, and they have high compressive strength. So those are two of the advantages of ceramics, but the disadvantages include that they are typically brittle, have low fracture toughness, have a high Young's modulus, low tensile strength, and poor crack resistance characteristics. Now moving on to bone, Bone is composed of collagen and hydroxyapatite. Collagen has a low Young's modulus. It also has good tensile strength but poor compressive strength. Hydroxyapatite is stiff and brittle but has good compressive strength. As far as the mechanical properties of bone, the advantages include that it's strongest in compression, it's a dynamic structure that remodels its geometry to increase the inner and outer cortex to alter the moment of inertia and minimize bending stresses. The disadvantage to keep in mind is that bone is weakest in shear. As far as failure or fracture of bone, tension usually leads to transverse fractures secondary to muscle pull. Compression due to axial loading will lead to a crush-type fracture. However, keep in mind that bone is strongest in resisting compression. Bending leads to a butterfly fragment. Torsion leads to a spiral fracture. And remember, the longer the bone, the greater the stresses on the outer cortex under torsion. Finally, let's talk about ligaments and tendons. They're viscoelastic with nonlinear elasticity. They display hysteresis or energy dissipation, which is again characteristic of viscoelastic materials where the loading curve does not follow the unloading curve. And the difference between the two curves is the energy that is dissipated or hysteresis. Advantages of ligaments and tendons are that they are strong in tension as they can withstand 5 to 10% as opposed to 1% to 4% in bone, The disadvantages of ligaments and tendons are that they demonstrate creep and stress relaxation. That's all for this review about material properties. Hopefully that was helpful. Look out for questions related to this topic on this weekend's question session, and hopefully this episode will have prepared you for that review. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far,